When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How different will it look? What can you tell your fans? This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're hoping that the Raiders' defense shows up in a manner that is uh, a little bit more stout. Ball comes out. Carl Nassib with the sack. I'm really anxious to watch how we play collectively against one of the benchmark teams in this league, the Baltimore Ravens. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Basketball Hall of Famer Chris Webber. Plus, Fox Sports college football analyst Bruce Feldman. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh. oh, yes. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Week one of the National Football League season is in the books. A college football head coach of a major college football program got the gate here in Los Angeles <laughs> yesterday. There is so much to talk about, and Chris Weber, a freshly minted basketball Hall of Famer, will be right in the middle of this show. Welcome. To the Rich Eisen Show. I'm your humble host right here on Peacock, Sirius XM Channel 211. This Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have this program. We're also streaming live on Odyssey. You can get our podcast every single day as soon as we're done on the Cumulus Podcast Network, where you can also get my other podcast called Just Getting Started, a career origin podcast in which I feature over the next 10 weeks a special voice in the National Football League and how they got started in their careers last week. Al Michaels tomorrow, Joe Buck drops. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the show. Good to see you over there, Chris Hey, Brockman. Rich, what's happening, man? DJ Mikey D, how hey, are you, sir? Hey, Rich, how you doing? DJ, good, good to see you, TJ Jefferson. <laughs> hey, what a position. Good to see up, you. How you doing, man? I am, uh, we never ask you. How you doing? You know what? I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Nobody asks me that. So let's change that. Thank you. How are you, Richard? Eh. <laughs> so... Uh, Better than the Ravens. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> what did we see last night on Monday Night Football? What, what did, we, did see? we see? What did we see in the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders? What did we see for the Monday Night Football contest between the Ravens and Las Vegas? What we saw was a Monday Night finale that somehow matched the Thursday night kickoff. We saw a game on Thursday night kickoff week number one between the Bucks and the Cowboys. Went down to the final gun. Went down to the last moment. Went down to a kickoff that, I mean, a field goal that went through the uprights. Last night, we saw a game that went to overtime between the Raiders and the Ravens. We saw... A ball not go through the uprights, but go into the end zone to wrap up an overtime contest. And it started with a huge one that we're talking about for years to come as the big opener with the Bucks having a seminal moment, raising a banner for a Super Bowl champion in their own building where they won the Super Bowl, 44-year-old man raising a seventh banner. I mean, we'll never see that again. One story for the ages. And then last night... A new stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, in its second year, but first time with fans in it. 
And it's something that we'll talk about and live forever in Raiders lore. What's the difference between the two? Because there's a different feeling about the one from last night. I know it doesn't involve a Super Bowl title. Maybe it's what happened in Vegas. The game was a hot mess. (laughs) Highly entertaining in a visually striking locale. Surrounded by a Star Wars cantina collection of people. (laughs) Something that felt epic in the moment, despite the obvious poor decisions made throughout the entire evening. And the wild swings in momentum perhaps lost some people some hard-earned money or a contest or two in which there is high stakes for you, like, say, your fantasy league. And then you wake up the next day wondering, what the hell did, did you just witness? And I was thinking to myself, that's exactly what it's like to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> I just described the entire going to Las Vegas experience, including on top of it, it lasting much longer than you thought and taking forever, even though it was a short period of time, really. And even the crazy moments, like, say, a game ending in overtime on a touchdown pass and the other team is on the field and the starting quarterback of the losing team is waving to people in the stands and offering congratulations and the game's over, but the booth buzzes in and says, no, ball's not in. And the team that has just won goes back on the field and instead of handing it off to their running back who's already scored twice, and if he scored one more time, I wouldn't have lost by 1.06 fantasy points. That guy doesn't get the ball. They sneak it, don't get it, then come back out. Hard count. Hard count. Derek Carr hard counts. Rookie offensive lineman moves. You move the ball back. So you take the win off the board, and then you try to throw it in the end zone, and it's intercepted, and you get nothing in overtime. That's how overtime started. And in Las Vegas... That's the version of Ken Jong jumping naked out of the back of the trunk. <laughs> Mr. Chow. That's the version of Mr. Chow. Sorry, Rich Eisen. <laughs> then the opponent gets the ball back in the Ravens. And it looks like they're going to move down the field. Third down to running back slash quarterback. Quarterback slash running back who's running all over the place. Puts the ball on the ground, and the team that had already won then then tried to win and then turned it over and looked like they were going to lose, now gets a chance to win. And they do. And you wake up feeling hungover. And I just gave you sort of the snapshots out of my camera the next morning. I think Mike Mayock has been found in a mattress on top of one of the casinos today because he's probably wondering what the hell just happened. Well, Mandalay is right across the street from Rowan. Yeah, you know, it probably Regis, was. Uh, you know. Right there. Right Honestly, there, right Monday there. Night Football in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the new building for the first time with fans was the actual 100% 
personification, capsulation of a trip to Las Vegas, Nevada. It was everything that we wanted, that we were missing from games in, in the black hole. It was incredible watch from beginning to end. I want to just put that out there for anybody who's never been to Las Vegas. Yeah. And for anybody who's been to Las Vegas, all of us, we know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where you go there and you wake up the next day and you say, what the hell <laughs> just happened? <laughs> you like look around to make sure. Like, Literally. Where am Where I? Am Where am I? Even, Where when, am I? <laughs> even when I come out of that town with heavier pockets, I still say that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> And you talk about it for years to come. What a way to open that building with fans. Oh, man. Wow, this is awesome. Takeaways. Ravens. Running game still there. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, Tyson looked incredible. Lamar makes some throws, man. He can make some good. throws. Good. He can make some throws, but boy, does he just not hold on to the balls out like Loaf of bread. Four points of pressure. Loaf of bread, man. Four points yeah. of pressure. But the passing game, I'll go higher register for the moment. Okay. Kind of looks like they figured it out. I was say, Hollywood Brown looked decent. Right. Sammy yeah, Watkins. Yeah. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Yeah, higher register for sure, but. And then defensively, they just, you know, they're like Vegas. Roll it. Roll it. Even when, and then sometimes they're just going to keep on, you know, putting their cover zero defense on the don't pass line, you know, and then dare you to, 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 to try and get a pass off, try and hit the point against their cover zero. Yeah. Well, Derek Carr was hitting points. Well, not for a while. I mean, the, the number second of times, half, second half I mean, the number of times that guy kept targeting Darren Waller and then he had him wide open and didn't target him. It's just like, Oh my God, that that's where, you know, you could see he was out of rhythm. He was out of rhythm. Yeah. And then second half hits, and you're just saying that this just looks ugly. The the Raiders are just doing some ridiculous calls, and the balls are sometimes being thrown behind the receivers yeah. or just dropped despite hitting them in the hands. Even Waller had a drop. Josh Jacobs night. is like looking like the second coming of Marcus Allen, and then he takes one other run, and then he's limping off. Honestly, like nothing made sense last night. Nothing. Guy scored two touchdowns with turf toe that sometimes took him right out of the game. Josh Jacobs. I don't know what the hell to make of the Raiders. They're going to Pittsburgh next weekend. Who knows? I, it's the shrug emoji <laughs> yeah, game who knows? Of next week. Who knows? And now the Ravens up next against the Chiefs on Sunday night football, oh, man. Maybe that's going to be awesome. Their home opener. It's the Chiefs. Over. And don't look now, folks. Do not look now. But every team from Denver on West has not lost a football game yet. The West, because the Raiders won all 1 0. NFC West already in the clubhouse last night watching it 1 0. And the Browns welcome the Ravens company at the bottom of the AFC North one weekend looking up at the Steelers and the Bengals. You know what, man? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> tell you what, man. <laughs> Crazy. You got Gruden after last night's game? This is not Caliendo. This is the genuine article. This was uh, this was John Gruden after the game last night. 
if you got that one. This is uh, this is Grude's, um, I think, totally beaten down. Oh, yeah, he was Watching the there. execution sometimes to use the John McVay line that, that our boy Brian Kelly used and, and you know, at, at the wrong moment after beating Florida State that, you know, what did you think about your team's execution? You know, I'm all for it. This was Gruden afterwards. Coach, in your career, have you ever been involved in a game like this before where it almost appeared like you had to win the game twice? Can you recall anything no, like this I in your like career? I died and, and woke up and died again, and I was like a cat. I had multiple lives tonight. I don't like playing like that. It was um, um, tough, but, um, again, we, we did a lot of really good things to win that football game tonight. All right, let me cape for my boy Mayock, too, at this point in time. Let me do it. So I know Cleveland Farrell was a healthy scratch. Fourth overall, 2019. Healthy scratch, week one, 2021. No bueno. No bueno. But everyone was like, okay, you're cutting a third rounder from two from 2020 in Tanner Muse. What are you doing? Well, he signed KJ Wright. Huge fourth down stop in the game. Huge. Burst through and got Latavius Murray down on the ground. And Jonathan Abram. Got to stay healthy, right? Got to have him on the field. In overtime last night, Mark Andrews caught one. This was after all that had happened on the goal line. Yeah. Game over, no game over, bad sneak, false start, interception. Deflection off a helmet. Ravens get the ball back, (laughs) moving the ball down the field. First down, Mark Andrews, who came and hit the ball and hit the receiver to knock it loose. Abram, next play, fumble, turnover. Who was all over the quarterback last night? Max Crosby, Max Crosby, who is a grown ass man with two X's. Whoa, he was terrific last night. Everybody forgets Mayock drafted him too. And, I'm gonna cape for him. And who had the it. sack fumble to set up the game-winning score? Carl Nassib. And who also, you know, had a big catch at the end of the game was Henry Ruggs, who's got a. Flash a little bit more. Certainly when Raiders take him and CeeDee Lamb was after him. Right. We're seeing what CeeDee Lamb's going into. Yeah. 1-0, baby. 1-0. This is an old this is an old drop, but you gotta hit it anyway. We gotta get we gotta get our boy Caliendo to give us an update. Now. 16 and 0, man. I gotta go 17 and 0 now. Did you see his uh oh, post yeah. last night? He's just the best. <laughs> and also his his uh his video of oh, the uh, narrating the cat, the cat in uh, in Miami this weekend as Summerall and Madden. Oh, oh my God, Caliendo's just the best. <laughs> so we're about to talk about all of this, not just with you at eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial, but Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague from the NFL Network, he calls Chargers games here as well. Can the AFC West be a deep end of the pool as well? How about that? Um, what does he think of last night's game? What are his takeaways from last night's game? He's looked at uh, all 22s, God bless him, of all the rookie quarterbacks already. What did he think of week one that's now in the books? Clay Helton got the gate as soon as we were done from here yesterday. Yep. Lose to Stanford, see ya. Out. Third straight USC football coach to be fired midseason. Last USC football coach that was not fired midseason, was Pete Carroll. This is his 13th season in Seattle where he left of his own volition in USC. So um, we'll talk about it with Bruce Feldman. What happened? Who's next? um, And other hot seats that might be forming around college football. 
as we're going to get ready tomorrow to name our Gorilla Glue toughest player on planet Earth. We picked a good one. That's on tomorrow's show. Yeah, Bruce Feldman will be joining us. Right in the middle, Chris Weber. C-Web, fresh of the Basketball Hall of Fame, back from Springfield, Ohio. I mean, pardon me, Springfield, Massachusetts. We'll be talking to C-Web and you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial four downs and more. I give my two cents in just an hour or so on what I'm thinking about week one outside of the marquee games. That's still to come right here on the Rich Eisen Show. You at 844-204-RICH, but coming up next, Daniel Jeremiah on last night's games, a rookie quarterback and more. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's start with Bobby Boucher, and we'll put our own uh, Rich Eisen show draft pro- profile up. Boucher primarily lines up as an off-the-ball linebacker. However, they will use him off the edge in some obvious passing situations. Against the run, he's very aggressive to fill and attack blockers. Doesn't use his hands to shed, preferring to simply lower his shoulder and power through blocks. <laughs> Has the range to make plays sideline to sideline. He's an outstanding blitzer, showing timing burst and a violent finish. Yep. He will need to abandon the drop kick at the next level. Uh, I don't see him being the primary signal caller or communicator but his play instincts are are exceptional. Overall, Boucher plays a lot bigger than his size, should be an immediate impact player on day one. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Moving on to Johnny Utah, 
uh, quarterback yep. the Ohio State University. Utah's the wild card in this draft. Doesn't have a lot of film. Has average athleticism and an awkward three-quarter left-handed delivery. His best traits are his toughness and competitiveness. Yeah. Never gives up on a play. He'll fight for every yard as a runner. He's a little too high on the board for me right now. Okay. He's got to go down. It's got to be that way. <laughs> uh, I would consider hiring him after his playing days are over. He okay. could have a long career associated with the game, either an outstanding coach, a prominent scout, or a special agent. Okay, next up, uh, Willie Beeman, quarterback, University of Houston. Sure. Beeman, a little bit of a late bloomer. He's originally a seventh-round pick, bounced around to four different teams. Uh, he's since settled in and emerged as a dangerous playmaker as both a passer and a runner. He's at his best when the play breaks down, using that athleticism to extend plays while keeping his eyes downfield. His immaturity is an issue, and I believe there is something to the rumors about his poor relationship with his star running back. Uh, I think it's important for his coaches to understand how to best use his skill set. The lack of RPOs is a major mistake. Uh, he'll excel in the right system and should emerge as the best player in the league. He's my number one player. Wow! wow. Last one, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm partial. One of the greatest kick returners I've ever seen from uh, Alabama, Forrest Gump. Gump is a dynamic kick returner for the Crimson Tide. He's made an impact in plays in every game that I've studied. Uh, he's the definition of straight line fast. Lacks elusiveness and make missability, but it doesn't seem to matter. He gets up to top speed immediately and destroys pursuit angles. I like to see him involved in the offense because I believe his speed would play well on jet sweeps, reverses, and vertical takeoff routes. Uh, the trainers told me that he's had some durability issues as a young kid, but they haven't had any issues at Alabama. The head coach worries about his ability to learn and grasp concepts. and even actually referred to him as a stupid SOB when he was talking to me. Uh, right. I wouldn't be ping-ponging him back and forth between positions. Uh, he'll be a good soldier, provided he's surrounded with a good lieutenant, and I'd be shot in the butt to draft him again. <laughs> Wow, Jeremiah. Well this done. This is why we DJ. called you, DJ. And he's on hold right now. We'll get to him in a second. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire archive. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock and this radio station, whether it's terrestrial or satellite or streaming on uh, Sirius XM, Terrestrial Radio Network, the Rich Eisen Show, National Coast to Coast, Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, and of course, Odyssey is how you could stream us every single day, uh, is our next guest on the phone line, Christian. You know it. All right, he's my buddy from the NFL Network, one of the best analysts of talent in the game today, certainly one on television, and fresh off of the Raiders making it 1-0 and throughout the entire AFC West that includes the Chargers, whose games that he calls locally on the radio at Move the Sticks from NFL Network, Daniel Jeremiah. How are you, DJ? I'm good, man. I feel like I'm exhausted, Rich, yeah. from, from watching a game that I really wasn't, you know, not invested in. I don't work for either of those teams. Yes. But it wasn't, that wasn't as exhausting a football game as I think I've ever seen. You know what, uh, DJ? Um, I, I led the show this way, and uh, I'll just say to you, it was literally like going to Vegas. It was literally like a trip <laughs> like going to Vegas. You know, I, I can tell you, I can tell you this, and obviously in another life before I started working for the NFL Media Group, um, but I have never, I have never taken a penny out of Las Vegas, and they've taken quite a few from me. So that's yeah. not my Vegas experience. No, I know. I feel hungover today, literally. Um, so, uh, <laughs> what what is your takeaway from the Monday Night Week One finale, Daniel? Well, well, for, my first takeaway, big picture, is just how the NFL is king. I mean, how great was that? It was just it, you never know. It's so unpredictable. It's so fun. Yes. Um, I, I think the other takeaways, the Ravens, with all the injuries to go on the road, um, and I, you know, having worked there and just kind of know their the kind of the toughness 
mantra that they have. When it was at the you know inches away from winning the game for the Raiders, and <laughs> and they've already you know Lamar's already shook hands and congratulated the Raiders on winning, and then they go back out on the field, and I think everybody, the most people would say it's a foregone conclusion. It's quarterback sneak once or twice, game's over. And I'm sitting here going, they don't they don't cave, they do not cave, and sure enough, they stunt the line, and and then they get a false start and back it up that ends up being a turnover. So from from the Ravens side of things. Oh, very impressive to to fight the way that they fought in that game. And then from the Raiders' standpoint, they, they've needed a pass rush forever, and I think with a healthy Max Crosby mm-hmm. and a healthy Yannick Ngakwe, um, that's the best Raiders' pass rush we've seen in quite some time, which is very encouraging, especially when you consider the division in which they play. And then a couple of our buddy Mayock's decisions late that a lot of people were questioning because they were remaking a roster um, you know, replacing some of his picks uh, of recent years with veterans. K.J. Wright with a huge fourth down stop. Uh, mm-hmm. Paraman made a nice play uh, that was big in the second half of the game. Abram uh, made that hit on Mark Andrews that knocked the ball loose in overtime. It would have been a first down if he didn't do that. And then the next play was a fumble. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the game's over. And uh, I'm wondering what our buddy, you think he's thinking this morning. He was on the show last week <laughs> saying that he would be next to us next year if they didn't get some wins. What do you think uh, the roster and Mayock and the takeaway from last night looked like, just first blush? Uh, well, that? you know, Mike would never say anything, but I think it's kind of like there's there's more there's more that meets the eye here, you know. And one of the things I don't think people talked about, and you have, you know, this guy's inactive, this guy's no longer on the roster, Anytime you bring in a new defensive coordinator who has a new defensive scheme, things change because you're drafting for what you do and you're signing free agents for what you do. Well, that all changed, and it's no coincidence. You you mentioned KJ Wright. Guess what? He, he played for Gus Bradley, so that makes sense for him. Denzel Perryman played for Gus Bradley. So you're trying to bring in players via the draft or free agency that fit uh, what you do schematically and, and coaching-wise, and so – um, that 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 happens a lot around the league with different players uh, when you get coaching changes that some guys just don't fit as well as others. So that's your job. Your job is not to make yourself, you know, your record look great in terms of who you've brought in and how much you've paid guys. Your job is to try and put the best guys on the field to win games. And so uh, that's that's what they did. I know they got a lot of heat for it, but they're one and zero. What do you make of Cleveland Farrell being a healthy scratch, fourth overall from just a few years ago? Yeah, well, they've revamped that defensive front, you know. Um, so they've brought in a lot of new bodies. And, again, I think with Gus Bradley, it is a real up-the-field um, scheme that he wants to run. And I think, you know, Farrell is not – he's turned into a really good run defender, um, which, you know, look, in hindsight, should he have been a top-five pick? No, I, I mean, we were on the set together. I didn't think so at the time. I thought it was a little bit early. Um, but – Nonetheless, I think he's still a quality NFL player, particularly against the run. He has value. Um, but, you know, look, they don't feel like he's uh, he, he's worthy of, of being active on game day. They've got better guys, and they were pretty competitive and played well on defense. So, um, yeah, it's unique, Rich. You, you know, any, any anybody, if you're a general manager, you don't want your top five pick to be inactive on, on game day. I, I'm not saying that's not the case, but... You know, the results are what matter. They got the win. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Now the AFC West. I mean, the Chiefs pulled one out. Um, The Broncos put the bang thing on the Giants. And then you were physically there in FedEx Field calling the Chargers game locally here on the radio 
What did you see from the Chargers and Brandon Staley um, that's different? What do you see that's something that's different as they, they came out with the win? Yeah, well, first of all, Rich, I'm, I'm going to get to that in just a second, but I do want to let you know yes, uh, I pulled over to in a strip mall to make sure that we could do this interview without having to go through Bluetooth, and I pulled in front of a Felipe Felipe's Pizza, yes, um, which I'm assuming is, is probably lunch is when that opens. Okay, and uh, and so the guy just came in here, probably the owner, and just stared at me for a good long while, like, why does this guy want pizza for breakfast? Like, we're not open, buddy. Like, come on. <laughs> you you uh, should look at him and say, Felipe. I watched the Raiders and Ravens last night. I'm hungry. Okay? I'm It's like I went to Vegas last night. This is what you do the next morning. Like that's what yeah, you should what say. What is this whack job doing sitting I'm the only one in the parking lot? Like, but that's you're going to have to wait. Um, no, to me with the with the Chargers. Nice. I go back and 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 you think about Justin Herbert in college, right? Rich, they had a pretty good offensive line. They had mm-hmm. no receivers. He he puts himself into a top 10 pick. Goes to the Chargers, got some receivers. Offensive line's terrible. He's the rookie of the year. Now we're getting a chance to see Justin Herbert with all of his talent. Now he's got those receivers back again with Keenan Allen, who nobody can cover on third down. Nobody. Um, and now with Rashawn Slater and, and Filer um, and Abushi, who played pretty well, they've got a Corey Lindsley, who's you know arguably the best center in the NFL. They have not a good offensive line, but the makings of a great offensive line. And he was outstanding. Uh, I mean, then you flip over to the other side and you go, okay, man, uh, Joey Bosa, I don't know what the, the PFF numbers, you can look them up, but, you know, his, his win rate was off the charts. Um, everybody, I mean, Cosme, the rookie tackle, had no chance against him. So you've got Joey Bosa healthy. You've got Derwin James out there healthy. And you're sitting up there in the booth calling the game. And you're like, you know, this, is a, this has got a chance to be a really, really good football team. Um, and I go back to what we saw last night with the Raiders and the Chiefs coming back to beat the Browns, the Broncos going on the road. Uh, I mean, the football on the West Coast right now, yep. AFC West, NFC West, is perfect. darn good. It's perfect. It's unblemished. And what you just said about Justin Herbert and how he's in the second year and what a difference that makes because of what he went through last year. And obviously when a quarterback gets thrown into the mix like Herbert did last year, you don't see – an offensive rookie of the year campaign coming. But it happens in the NFL, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's rare, Mm -hmm. but it happens. Isn't that a cautionary tale for Matt Nagy in Chicago? Throw your guy in, right? I mean, just do it. Why not? Because you can obviously reap the benefits later on next year. Start the clock now. And I understand that their line isn't terrific, but the Chargers line last year wasn't you know, all pro across the board. I mean, so go ahead and do it, right? Or am I wrong? Please tell me. No, you're right. This is a Chargers line that tells you what Tom Telesco thought of it. They have, you know, four new starters along that offensive line for Justin Herbert's second season. So, um, but Justin Herbert, with his athleticism, was able to get away from some pressure. They were able to move him around. um, And he was one of the best, you know, third down players in the entire league. He was phenomenal uh, last year. So, Justin Fields, to me, I, I look at it, Rich, and we've talked a little bit about it, but mm-hmm. to me, are you mentally and physically tough enough for what's to come playing behind a bad offensive line? And I think he is. I think he's both. And I think he'll give you some creativity to be able to cover up some of those blemishes up front. Um, and, I, I again, I want to get his – he's going to make mistakes. Justin Herbert made mistakes. I want to get those mistakes over with as fast as you can because I can tell you, you know, firsthand having seen it, 
Justin Herbert, as great as he was rookie of the year last year, this year he is on another level. I mean, I saw it going out to training camp. I've seen it in the first game against a really good Washington uh, defense. So let's give him the, let's give him those valuable reps, that valuable experience, so you can get this thing turned around quicker. You know, I, I just to me it makes all the sense in the world, and it's encouraging that at least they sprinkled him in in that game. So we, you know, he got his he's getting his feet wet a little bit, and maybe that's the thought process. You know, kind of gradually get him in there. But, man, I sure hope it's sooner than later. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Looking at whatever film you were able to about the rookie quarterbacks from week one, what's your takeaway from what you saw? Oh, by the way, you can get a 10-inch cheese pizza, spaghetti, lasagna, fresh salad, and Italian bread for only twenty four ninety. Yes, we'll take, we'll take one. I'm Daniel DJ. Jeremiah. We'll take one. Okay, very good. You're making me hungry throughout this conversation. <laughs> I know it's early in the morning here, but it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Okay. Uh, 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 the rookie quarterbacks, Rich. Yes. Mac Jones was outstanding. Um, I wrote down when I watched the tape. I just wrote down conviction. And I was talking to Orlovsky about this on the phone yesterday. Uh, and I said, Daniel, there's a difference between guys who, you know, young players who think, you know, I think this is where this should go, versus guys who know where this should go. And, and you don't, you just kind of know it when you see it. And he just has command and confidence and knows exactly where the ball's supposed to go. So people, some people say, well, they didn't really push the ball down the field. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You can only pass the test that they need you. That's what they asked him to do. And he did it really, really well. Um, so that was encouraging to me. You couldn't find a better fit for the Patriots than Mac Jones. So that, that was that one. Um, you know, when you look at Trevor Lawrence, the, the ceiling is so high. And there's some, really, some, some good in there, no doubt. Um, but just no rhythm. He had a couple forced turnovers. Um, you know, it's just, this is new for him with the adversity that he's, that he's facing. So um, I think from a, a bigger picture standpoint, it's kind of bizarre to me that you had the worst team in the NFL last year. You had all those extra picks. And, you know, Lawrence is the only – Trevor Lawrence is the only uh, rookie starter for the Jags. So, you know, obviously ETN got hurt. But, you know, that was kind of surprising to me. But, you know, he's going to be fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. But it's going to be a long year for the Jags. Um, uh, the Jets, Rich, I'm sure you watched it. Yeah. The first half was, was, you know, everybody said, well, it was a tale of two halves with the way Zach played. I'm like, really? It wasn't even on him in the first half. They were so bad up front, and it was physical beats getting beat one-on-one. Fant got beat one-on-one. McGovern got beat one-on-one. Uh, but then miscommunication with the backs and the tight ends. It just looked like a group that hadn't, you know, hadn't really played together very much. Um, and then in the second half, they, they, he still got hit, but they were a little bit better up front. And then you saw him escape and create and make some things happen. Look, there's a lot of things to be worried about with this Jets team this year, you know, due to the roster and injuries and different things. The quarterback is not one of them. Uh, I thought he was, he was tough. He made some big-time throws. Um, I left that game thinking this kid's going to be really good. Mm. But, uh, you know, they've, they've, got, they've still got a lot of work to do around him. And, man, the injury bug, Rich, I don't know what you guys have done, but it has been bad luck city. Yeah, I know, and Becton went out, and, you know, it looked like it was season-ending, but it looks right now as if it is not. What did you make of Lance? And he's how about that, that the 49ers' first touchdown of the season uh, is is his because he's brought in inside the 10. But Jimmy G, uh, 300 yards passing on his own. What did you make of, of that usage by Shanahan in week one against Detroit? I think, I think you're going to see more of it. I think we've kind of predicted this when we've talked in the past about just even if he plays if Trey Lance plays three plays, you know, twenty plays, you know, whatever, think about 
the week uh, of the opposing team and the effort you have to put into defending all that you have to defend. Um, it's just it's going to be a nightmare preparing for that team um, and, and what he brings to the table. And it's not like, you know, we've seen it. You know, Mariota came into the game and had that long run last night. But you kind of assume when Mariota, if, Mar- if Mariota comes in the game, he's going to be running the football. Uh, with Trey Lance, I think that the way Shanahan's going to set it up is he's going to come into games and you're not going to know if it's going to be quarterback power or they're going to boot him and let him chuck it down the field. I mean, they really have everything at their disposal in terms of what they can run. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be, you know, one of the more difficult teams to defend. And, I, and I'll, I'll add this, you know, you watch Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo was outstanding. Um, I mean, he's played well for them when he's been healthy. And I think that was as good as I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo play. And if, you know, you bring in, you bring in some competition like that, eventually it's going to be Trey Lance's job. But I give Jimmy Garoppolo credit. He didn't sulk. He just he took his game, it looks like, to a new level. It, it was just a fun opening week, man. The whole thing, soup to mutts, awesome. from last night's finale to, you know, obviously from, from Brady and the Cowboys coming down to the last snap, and then the, the first week ends with the last snap, and then everything else in between. Before I let you go, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, w- give me a week one outcome that is indicative of the larger picture on a positive side first and then I'll give you I'll give you a shot to tell me one that that don't worry about the negative response so I'll front load the second question first to give you an opportunity to come up with the one result that you think okay this is indicative of of somebody's uh 2021 season well last year I was on the Kyler Murray as an MVP candidate express um and he was, came out the gates. It was playing outstanding, and then he got you know hurt in the second half of the season and wasn't quite the same guy. Now you're seeing with the additions of Rondell Moore uh, to go along with Christian Kirk. Now you've got two similar guys, run after catch guys that really fit that scheme. And then you, obviously you've got D Hop who can do everything. And then whatever you get from AJ Green is is, is gravy. But man, if he stays healthy, um, that's a that's an explosive dynamic offense. I mean, they put it on uh, the Tennessee Titans in that game. So. That to me was one of those. Maybe maybe we were just a year early on the Kyler Murray MVP talk. So then, which uh, that was a positive outcome. Okay, and then which one? I guess somebody who got wiped out or, or beaten, and you don't you tell the fan base. I guess uh, Relax, and that's not leading you to Green Bay, but you can choose them. Obviously, Tennessee. Um, the Browns, you know, had a, a troubling end of a game that was otherwise terrific. You want to give me one on that front, Buffalo? Yeah, I, the Browns are going to be fine. I mean, they they, okay. they would love to have finished that game and won that game, but. Roster-wise, they are loaded. Um, they are they have talent everywhere, and uh, Baker's not. I don't think Baker's great, but he's he's really good, um, and really good quarterback play with the rest of the talent that they have. I mean, that's as good a team as they're going to play all year with the Chiefs. So, uh, Browns are going to they're going to want a boatload of games. All right, DJ, appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, Move the sticks comes out today. You and uh, Bucky, you're about to yep, tape yep. it. The- That'll be out today, and I do. I don't want to lead you astray, Rich. The twenty four ninety five price is dining only. Okay. All right. So we've oh, got to physically right. go there. Send okay. us a, a pin your GPS for us, so we'll know. <laughs> uh, and say hi to Felipe for me. Okay. I will. Thank you, right. Daniel Jeremiah. Everybody, that's a professional pulling over to avoid the Bluetooth and a spotty cell service, <laughs> and then eventually finding a gem of fine cuisine in the same process while calling into the Rich Eisen show. 
That's so much fun. I mean, we need a night at Felipe's, I think. Night at Felipe's. I, mean, I don't know. DJ kind of lives out in the old, uh, oh yeah, he's, the, he's near far. the Empire, the Inland Empire. That's true. He's it's way too inland. You don't, you don't want to go. You're I, already way the hell I out yourself. I mean, I'm already in the valley now, and it's way too far. And Del Tufo doesn't I leave. Don't go. The farthest Del Tufo <laughs> leaves his place is either a it's either fox, fox? or where are his boat west boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah right i don't go <laughs> east of the 405 rich no, you, not you did to go to the game that's about as far as you'll go because the the stadium the new stadium that's is slightly real east close. that's real like close a mile i know that's the yeah, extent that's not far <laughs> how about this for a poll question because DJ kind of surprised me there by saying the cardinals week one result is the most indicative of how the season's going to go but I bet your Steelers fans will be like, you know, how do you like us now? Yeah, what about us? And the Saints, which, as you know, was the most impressive victory I thought in week number one. It was. I think that. But I don't know. you still don't believe in that. I still don't. Even believe after in that. Saints. I mean, look, everyone's like, oh, Jameis, oh my God, five touchdowns. He had 140 yards. Yeah, but that's the point, though. Yeah. No, no, but that's the point. Well, the point was they, they scored touchdowns have... off turnovers. His game, that was that was here's, impressive. Here's the point. But come on. I, the no. point about Jameis, in my mind, is his days of winging it 30 to 40 times are over. Oh, I don't know. The concept of, well, in every single game that he had played and started up until Sunday, the concept was got to get 30 to 40 out of Jameis maybe. Let's, get, let's go vertical with Jameis. And Peyton's idea is, no, 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 no. Let's use Camara. Let's, let's use a, a, a different mindset from that point of view and win the game on defense. Stop the other people. Jameis, you'll take your shots. We'll stretch the defense when we can. We'll be smart about it. They're going to add can't guard Mike back again and then look out. I'm making the case here that Jameis is – Finally, not having to do it all himself. Yeah. Also, we knew Jameis could throw bombs, right? He of course. Knew that. But for him to like have that short passing game, which yeah, he only had 148 yards passing, but Doesn't that matter. was that was pretty telling to me because I know he can chuck it, but now can he throw be a little bit more controlled in the offense? In he the, got him in the end zone five times yeah. and zero interceptions. Zero. My favorite moment with Peter King yesterday calling in. I asked him what was his best soundbite that he got this weekend. Is he said that uh, Jameis, when he asked Jameis what his favorite pass of the day was, he said the one that he threw away. And he said that he was going to throw it so far above his receiver's head that Shaq wouldn't even be able to get it. <laughs> I hope it so, works out, man. I like Jameis. So let's, me too. Uh, let's put that in a poll question at Rich Eisen Show. What's up? Whose week one win is. I said uh, most indicative of how their season will go. Yeah. Steelers, Saints, Cardinals, at Rich, Rich Eisen Show. Call us. When we come back, there's a new way to take in Monday Night Football on television. Mm-hmm. And it was something to watch. The Manning Brothers debut on Monday night on ESPN2. We'll hit that next. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning. Or at least... 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Only fitting that you're clutching a bottle of Gatorade right now. <laughs> Only fitting. Because I do believe it was the first time that we met. I'm going to bring this up. It was in the city of Houston. That's right. It was the first ever Super Bowl the NFL Network had ever covered. It was Tom Brady beating the Carolina Panthers eventually. But you and the entire Manning family strolled into the Gatorade suite before it had uh, hit the sack one night. Yeah. Correct? That was it. And... Who did you hear singing karaoke in the Gatorade suite that night? It was a beautiful voice. A Would beautiful you say, like, voice. in terms of... It was be- like an angel bringing us in. Mm-hmm. And there, we walk in and we see, see Rich Eisen. Mm. Karaoke. Dominating. <laughs> to basically... By the way, nobody else in the room, right? <laughs> yes. Just solo. Just, you know, you get a little practice. Wow. There was my... Me and my buddy. There was nobody else. What, uh, what song, Eli? Uh, that is a good question. Sinatra. Sinatra? I forget which one it was. Okay. You well, know, I mean... Yeah. Did you have to ask? Yeah. Seriously, it was me and my buddy. (laughs) I remember. We walked in and, uh, yeah, we joined. But we joined right in. Did You you did sing, right? You guys all did get on the mic. I think we got up there. You know, we can't turn that down. No, I know. And it was honestly me. It was obviously like pre-cell phone. I mean, you had cell phone, but pre-like. You know one had a camera. You don't worry about anybody filming. So there's no video. You get up and sing. You saw karaoke, you sing. You don't think think twice. It was just the moment. Yeah, that's the moment. You didn't have to memorialize it. It was me, my buddy, Doug. And then it was, I think, your entire family, yeah, probably right? the whole crew, yeah. Your mom and your dad, um, you yeah. and you and uh, Peyton and Cooper. And Cooper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and um, what, do you have a go-to karaoke song, Eli, at all? It's changed over the years, obviously. Has it really? You can, yeah, okay. you kind of go with the times. So, you know, Footloose has always been one, you really? know, just because you can kind of dance with it. But mm-hmm. now, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to do karaoke now. Mm. You're just kind of worried, you know, people are filming all the time. Then they judge and, you know, I get, <laughs> I get judged enough. I don't need to be judged <laughs> on, my, on my singing ability. That's, you know, that's, that's for fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, everybody's made it too serious. Love it. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We're closing in on 295,000 subscribers. Please be part of everybody that is uh, 
eager to hear what we have to say. If you're not watching us live every day on Peacock, you can still watch us uh, here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Later in the day, it re-airs. Um, and we're on after Dan Patrick's show every single day, taking you to Brother from Another um, at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And if you don't catch any of that and see any of the clips that you can catch right here on the, the sports tile at the top of your screen, uh, just go to our YouTube page, which we greatly appreciate, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, and hit that subscribe button in order to keep track on all of us. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dream? I mean, come on. Ooh. Used to think about it all the time, all right, the Christopher? Time, yeah. What what happened? What happened? It's a rhetorical question. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I just had a kid. That's I say it's time you <laughs> don't blame it on your child. <laughs> it's time you and your dream get back together. Think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes Benz Sprinter. You could tour around all four hundred twenty three national park sites, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or start your own business. Really, whatever you dream up. And it's a Mercedes Benz van we're talking about, folks. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist, and you can expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership and get that Sprinter. Tell them your dream sent you. Chris Weber's coming up on the Mercedes-Benz van's phone line at the top of the next hour. 844-204-RICH is for you, the fans, to call in to the Rich Eisen Show. So, in the television world, it's very difficult to put two people together, three people together, four people together and have it work. It takes some time for the chemistry to hit. Seriously, uh, we've been at it for seven years. TJ, you started being on this show regularly about, what, 15, 16 months ago, right? A year and a half ago or something like that? Exactly. And. We feel comfortable together. We kind of know what, what each person is saying. It I took me a while. You know, Irv, Mooch, Kurt, when I'm sitting next to them, I know exactly when they want to get in by their body language. <laughs> I know that they want to say something more. I know that my producer's in my ear saying, you got to wrap it up, get to the next segment. But I could tell Irv is moving his body in a certain way that he wants to say one more thing. That's, it takes a long time to figure that out. And sometimes they can't get chemistry down right. Like when Del Tufo leaves his microphone open and keeps tapping, tapping on his and keyboard. That's bad right? I, so, I'm sorry, Rich. So, <laughs> so but it's only been seven years. It's all good. And you look at me. But it's, it's not like easy. It's a, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that when you're trying to start something new in our television business, certainly in a streaming world, certainly when there's different choices in 19 million channels and things like that, you want to get, certainly if you're starting a show with two people, somebody who's known each other for a long time, the chemistry's not forced. That's why... Will Bond and Kornheiser are so terrific right. on Pardon the Interruption because they've been, you know, talking to each other in a newsroom for decades. Mm-hmm. And you want to have people knowledgeable. Will Bond and Kornheiser are very knowledgeable. You want to have people knowledgeable and a great chemistry. Certainly if you're not used to the type of programming that you're trying to start. Like, say, people talking over a game, not actually calling a game live when the game is the biggest marquee game of the night in Monday Night Football. So, when you get two people as knowledgeable as Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, each of them with two Super Bowl victories on their resume, and the chemistry you don't have to worry about because they're brothers. Hmm. It is absolutely a perfect combination for something to work. The issue is, or can be, is somebody certainly like me, I want 
I want my game called snap by snap, play by play. I want it to be talked about in real time. That's what I'm used to as a 52-year-old man. I'm used to play by play. And I also appreciate great by play by play. I love doing it myself. And the last thing I want to do is have that type of craft downgraded. So I come into this with an opinion of, I don't know, even if I do genuinely like the people on the screen, I don't know how I'm going to like this. And, you know, I don't know how Steve Levy and the rest of the Monday Night Football crew feel about this either. That their own company is starting another show for somebody to watch while they're doing their craft. I don't know the answer to that. Not my problem. Not my table. I'm not in management at the Worldwide Leader in Sports, which is why I'm sitting here today. To be very honest. (laughs) Waiting on my invitation for 19 straight years for an ESPY Awards I used to attend all the time and do a pregame <laughs> show for. I will say this about Peyton and Eli's debut last night on ESPN2 during Monday Night Football. I tuned into it in the very beginning, and it was difficult for me to take in because they were talking amongst themselves and had a great cat chat with Charles Barkley. And I, again, I needed to get out of the mindset of, I want every single play called in real time and broken down in real time. And if there's something on the screen that's happening, again, this is my, my default as a, a television host who has to talk about everything on the screen as it happens and somebody's not doing that, it kind of is like listening to a record being played on the wrong speed or being scratched, you know? Like, yeah. it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard, but that's me. Again, I'm a professional host and I need to get yeah. out of that. After a while, I got out of that. And then I did turn it back to Monday Night Football when I just wanted to make sure that I was getting the real-time snap talk because sometimes they were missing plays a couple of times early on. But I got used to it fast because they are so engaging and they are so smart. And it was fun sometimes when Peyton was putting a helmet on that didn't fit. And then I found myself wondering how are they going to handle controversial moments? How are they going to handle moments that need to be talked about the calls, the coaches, the referees, the players? Mm -hmm. And they handled it with aplomb. They were terrific. And Peyton, you could see, does not suffer bad football gladly at all. Like you could see he'll just sit back and give this face and just, you know, and, and shake his head. Bad football to Peyton Manning is the scratching of the nails on the chalkboard. And you could see it. And Eli would give in a little zinger to him and then everybody else. And it was fun. And then Russell Wilson showed up in the fourth quarter. And that was when they just started boring down into the play as it was being called, as it was being run, as the pre-snap was being handled as the post-snap was going down, and they were now reacting to the play just like I was sitting on my couch. And I felt like I was hanging with them watching a game. And suddenly, Russell Wilson was like a third man in the booth, a real-time, big-time, A-list elite quarterback with two future Hall of Famers. Yes, Eli is that. And it was spectacular. It was riveting. It was must-see. And they, they're they going to get me back next Monday. 
It also helped, Rich, too. I agree with everything you said. Uh, it helped that the game was awesome, and then there was a lot of crazy stuff happening. Right. I'm wondering, you know, if weeks down the line, if it's a blowout, what well, that's going to be like. Well, my suggestion would be to have some things in their back pocket, be ready to talk about the headlines of the day, yeah, and also some of the old the the, the yesteryear stuff, yeah, and they'll figure it out. I think a but blowout's going to make it easier for them. Well, again. It was just yeah, spectacular for a first-time 4-8. Yeah. It is not easy. But I was smarter for it. I was laughing with awesome. them. That's I was so going great. up. I was getting off the chair with them. Pain's I was hilarious. putting my, head on my, 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 my hands on my head like them. <laughs> it was great. I mean, kudos to them. Chris Weber, another Hall of Famer, coming up next. Just the just, end, too. The craziness of overtime. Their reaction right. about, like, they're not going to go cover zero. Well, that's what they right. do. Here comes cover zero, and this is what I would do. When Derek Carr hard-counted on the goal yeah, line, Eli was, Eli was like, it. what are you all doing? over it. What are you yeah. doing? And then the funny stuff, like, they showed somebody's tweet, and Eli's like, we got a tweet for you, uh, Peyton, because you were asking for social media, which you know from a brother's, <laughs> like, he doesn't really want it or right. care about right. it. And the question was, with Russell there, like, are you guys going to do this commentary for the Met Gala red carpet afterwards? <laughs> At which point they, they asked him, you know, hey, is your, your wife there, Russell? And Ciara was there, and they showed a photograph of her on the red carpet looking beautiful in this what looked like sequin or diamond Russell Broadway. Wilson three-jersey like gown. Jersey gown, and, yeah. and Peyton pointed out, I didn't even see it, and this is how funny he is and how observant he is, he pointed out that, she was wearing Russ's Super Bowl ring, and he said she's wearing the ring that I, w- I wanted. And because, you know, Russell oh, beat, beat Peyton, Peyton in that Super Bowl right, right. in MetLife. Yeah. And Russell's comment was, well, Tom Brady's wearing one that I wanted, too. <laughs> and it was just great. great. And I will great. just finish up with this. I've been very, very lucky in my career. And my career, I realized early on from jump when I got to NFL Network that my job as host is to take you as viewer and fan and put you in my shoes. I'm your fly on the wall. That's why the show I hosted for the first eight years at NFL Network was called Total Access. NFL Total Access. I'm like, I'm going to be the host of NFL Total Access. Well, guess what? I will be the one providing you, thanks to the NFL Network, your access. I have been in green rooms with Marshall Falk, Deion Sanders, Warren Sapp, Michael Irvin, Steve Mariucci, Kurt Warner, LaDainian Tomlinson, Rod Woodson, just to name a few. I've been around Ray Lewis as well and, you know, the rest of all the Hall of Famers that I've been fortunate to be around. And I've heard them talk ball watching a game. And it was made me smarter and I kept thinking to myself, this would be a great television show. Peyton and Eli last night, that was that television show. It sounded exactly like the conversations amongst all-time greats who know more football in their fingernail than we know in the rest of our body. Talking ball. It was awesome. And it's only going to get better. Chris Weber, Hour 2, coming up.